We open God's Word to the Gospel of Mark, beginning in the 16th chapter. Please follow along in the reading of His Word on the screen behind me or in your copy of God's Word. Mark 16.1 begins, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might come and anoint him. Very early on that first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. They were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? Looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, although it was extremely large. Entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting at the right, wearing a white robe, and they were amazed. And he said to them, Do not be amazed. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who has been crucified. He has risen. He is not here. Behold, here is the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. They went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had gripped them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Would you pray with me? How thankful we are, Father, to come into your house on this blessed and holy day. We thank you for the greatest love of all that you sent in the form of Christ Jesus, who was born of the flesh, lived and died on a terrible cross, but on the third day rose again, proclaiming to the entire world, Lord, it is finished. And for as long as we have breath and well beyond, Holy Father, full of love, we will praise you and praise his name for what he has accomplished. Now as we open your word, may your Holy Spirit speak to us. And may what you sense in our worship today be a blessing to the heart of the King. In Jesus' name. Amen. As we walk with these three women on the way to the tomb, most of us can probably empathize greatly with what they were feeling. After all, many of us have lost loved ones, many just within this last year. How often we look back over our relationship and wish we had done things differently while they were alive. We have regrets. We wish our words would have been more tender. We wish we had have done more while our loved one was with us. We wish we had been kinder, loved more deeply, prioritized the truly important things of life. And as hard as it is for us perhaps to think about the ones we have lost, just consider what it must have been like for these three who walked almost silently in the dark on that first Easter morning. What were they thinking? Jesus, only 33 years old, too young to die. Jesus, what a terrible way to die. Jesus, the one who taught us and loved us and in fact taught every one of us what love really is. Jesus, so full of hope and excitement and mystery and promise. And now all of that hope in a single moment is gone as they walked 
in the darkness to a stinking tomb, all of the hope had fled away. Perhaps we have felt such moments in our life too, such a lack of hope. What were they feeling? What were they thinking? We don't really know their inner thoughts. They don't share with us. The only question they ask is, who will roll away this giant stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? Sometimes I guess it's just easier to keep busy than to deal with the really hard issues. We can walk with these three women or or the many men who followed along, although they had promised their great devotion and their love, now all of them are in hiding. Maybe we can best relate to Peter. I know he's the one that I most relate to. So full of hope, insight sometimes and then other times. Fiery, impetuous, inconsistent. And Thomas, the same way, we will follow you even if we have to lay down our lives for you and then denying him just as brutally as Peter did. Or maybe we can relate to those that move forward in the great crowd on Palm Sunday to Good Friday, from Hosanna and praises to mocking and distance, more bitter inconsistency. It is good that we walk with them. Whoever we might identify with, it is good because it is their story, but it is also ours. We should be able to see our face in the crowd. Yet most importantly, above all, it is his story. It's always been about him from the very beginning. The one who removes all barriers between himself and the ones that he loves. If I look back over the last year of my life, I think this is the greatest truth that I have learned. His love is so persistent, so powerful and strong that he will go to anything. He cannot accept any barrier that stands between us and will go to any length to remove them. Consider all of the barriers that he has already broken down. Do you remember John the Baptist? Jesus comes to him and says, Will you baptize me? John the Baptist says, I am the one that needs to be baptized, and you come to me? And after a little discussion, a little explanation, Jesus is the one that's baptized, dipped beneath the waters. And after being baptized, says the Scriptures, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. And behold, a voice out of the heavens said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Who is he speaking to? It's not to Jesus. Jesus knows. Jesus, the second member of the Trinity, has never been separated from Father God. The words are for us to hear. The barriers are being broken. Heaven drew close to earth and God drew close to man. And the barriers are falling down. On the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus took along Peter and John and James and went up to the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face became different, and his clothing became white and gleaming. And behold, two men were talking with him, and they were Moses and Elijah. 
And of course, there's Peter and John and James, and they start talking with one another. Maybe we should erect altars. How shall we praise? How will should we commemorate this incredible moment? And almost in mid-sentence, a voice from the heavens comes out saying, this is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Our father almost cuts them off in mid-sentence. It's almost as if he's saying, this is the Lord's work. Be still and know. And heaven drew close to the earth and God drew close to man and the barriers began to fall. And of course there is the cross. Always the cross. Above all, the cross of Christ. Matthew 27 says this, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. The tombs were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. You see, that, that veil was the last divider between man and the Holy of Holies. And behind the veil was the Ark of the Covenant, and that represented the very presence of God. The Jews call it the footstool of God. It is where heaven and earth intersect. And John says it this way. Therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. You see, this is the work of the Lord. The veil has been torn from the top down. It's the last barrier between God and man. It is finished, Jesus said. What is finished? Any barrier that stands between you and your God. The law and the temple are now obsolete. They're no longer necessary. At such a wondrous moment, even the earth shakes. And even death will not be a barrier. And as the saints of God are raised from the dead, it is proof that it's all true. Jesus Christ has risen in soul. All who believe in him will as well. And the barriers continue to fall. Even the stone, my goodness gracious, even the stone is moved away. This is the work of the Lord. The women are kind of fussing, wondering, who will move this stone from us? And it is as if Jesus is saying, listen, my child, I will take care of everything. For nothing, listen now, Nothing will stand between a holy God and his children whom he loves. That's you, and that's me, and that's all of us together. Nothing will stand between. Because you see, Jesus is the new temple, the meeting place of God and humankind, and all the barriers have been removed. Forevermore, Paul says it this way, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? One theologian put it this way. It hardly makes sense until you consider it. He said that God is closer to you than you are to yourself. And through Jesus Christ and through the cross, all proven to be true by the resurrection on Easter morning, all the barriers are gone. In Easter is the best possible story 
It's the very best of news. Everything is turned around in a moment. And if that is true, then why is it that the scriptures say that at this good news, the three women and later the apostles were gripped with terror? But go, tell the disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. They went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had gripped them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. We were talking about this passage this week, and we just kind of found it funny that all through Jesus' life and all through his ministry, when he performed a miracle, he would often say, now don't tell anyone what did they do. They went and told everyone. And now the best news and the angel of the Lord says to them, go and tell. And now they won't tell anyone. Why is that? Wasn't this the best possible news? Everything that they were grieving over just a minute before, and now everything has been reversed. Jesus, we're going to see him again. Jesus, we're going to look into his face. We're going to see his eyes. And this time we're going to know, we're going to know that when we look into the face of Jesus, we are looking into the face of God. Maybe that's what terrified them so. Maybe they were terrified just like their ancestors were on Mount Sinai. Do you remember? Exodus 20, 18 says this, All the people perceived the thunder and the lightning flashes and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. Then they said to Moses, Speak to us for yourself and we will listen, but let God not speak to us or we will die. God drew close, and they were terrified. Why? Hadn't he shown them a perfect love? Hadn't he delivered them out of slavery? Hadn't he provided for them in the desert? And when he did all of those things, they are the ones that demanded a barrier between God and themselves. Above all, the one thing that I have learned this past year, not just in words, but deep in my heart, is this. God the Father loves each one of us so much that he would go to any means, even death, even death on a cross, to tear down any barrier that stands between us. He created us, you and I, for a rich and wonderful and loving relationship, and he hates anything that diminishes it. And therefore, I must come to the conclusion that when there is a barrier between God and I, it is not he who never moves nor changes that created the barrier, but it must be me. You see, so often we pray to God, dear Lord, draw close to us. But when we consider the cross of Christ, perhaps we should think that it is the wrong prayer. He has drawn close to us. He's torn down every wall. He has made our hearts his home. He has never moved nor changed. It is I who moves. It is I who is afraid. 
It is I who is not ready to walk away from a sin. It is I who is not willing to step off the throne of my own life and give him his rightful place. And as I look at my own life, that clearly, that honestly, without blaming him for the distance between us, I can see most clearly the foolishness of building any barrier or allowing any barrier since he paid so dearly the price to tear down every one. Can we not all confess today that God is love? He sent his love to prove it, to facilitate it. He has torn down every barrier that stands between us. And the only acceptable response to me seems to be down to tear down any barrier that I have erected in my own life. James says it this way, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands and purify your hearts. Draw near to God. Tear down the barriers and he will draw near to you. This beautiful Easter morning, may we draw near to him as he through the cross has removed the last barrier. Romans 8.35 says it this way, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord and made possible through the cross. And emphasize that it is all true through the resurrection. It is Easter. It is a new dawn and a new day, a new beginning to live without regrets. To be kinder, to love more deeply, to prioritize the truly important things of life. And above all, to love the Lord our God with everything that we are. Because today is Easter and today all the barriers are gone. Would you pray with me? We thank you, Holy Father. Oh, Lord. My words are so small compared to what you have done. And like Peter, I know that I am so inconsistent. Forgive me, forgive us. And help us even this moment, bring to our memories, our thoughts, by the power of your Spirit, those, those barriers that we have erected, and help us this moment to turn away, to tear them down by your strength so that nothing will stand between us. We confess today proudly before the whole world, Lord Jesus, we love you for who you are and what you have accomplished. And may our love be a blessing to your heart and a blessing to your world.
In Jesus' name, amen.